Hey everyone, welcome again to the Sermon Podcast from Mount Hope's Belmont location in Belmont, Massachusetts. My name is Brian, I pastor that location, and it's good to talk to you again. I think all of us, no matter who you are or where you come from, are bothered when people say they believe one thing and they do another. Well, as it turns out, James, the author of the book of James, he's bothered by the exact same thing. And today we talk about what he says about how our faith and our actions should go together. This sermon is delivered by Justin Joseph, who's a part of our preaching team at Mount Hope. He does an excellent job as always, so I hope you enjoy this, and I hope you listen closely, because I believe God has something he would like to say to you. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. If we haven't had a chance to meet, my name is Justin. I serve on our preaching team here at Mount Hope, and it is so good to see you this morning. If you've been with us the last couple of weeks, you know we've been in a book of the New Testament called the book of James. If you want to grab one of the Bibles in front of you, if you have a copy of God's Word with you, if you want to use your phone or whatever it might be, uh, this might be a good chance to pull out that Bible and find the book of James. It's in the New Testament towards the back of the Bible, the eighth book from the back, the eighth book from the back right after the book of Hebrews, the book of James, and we're going to be towards the end of chapter 1 you're wondering why there's a mirror in front of you, I am very vain, and so I'll be looking at myself now. We'll get to that in just a little bit. As you find James chapter 1, and as you start to think about what Jason was just sharing with us just a few minutes ago, and as you start to think about where we've been for the last couple of weeks in this very important book of God's Word, I want to share a story with you, an old story, a famous one. You may have heard it before. It's a story about Sherlock Holmes and Watson. And one famous night when Sherlock Holmes and Watson decided to go out for a night of eating and maybe a little too much other stuff too. And Holmes and Watson have a great time together. They have a good night and they head out and they decide, look, we're never going to make it home in the current condition that we're in. And so Holmes and Watson decide to camp out in a field that night. They camp out in the field. They fall asleep. And at some point in the middle of the night, Holmes wakes up Watson and says, Watson, look up in the sky. What do you see? And Watson looks up and sees this brilliant, brilliant starry night in front of him. Holmes asks him, Watson, what does this tell you? And Watson, using all of the brilliance he could muster, decides to start answering the question. He says, my dear Holmes, what this tells me astronomically is that There are millions of galaxies out in the world and potentially billions of planets that go with those galaxies. Astrologically, it tells me that Saturn is in Pisces and Leo is right there above us. He then says, orologically, it tells me it's about 3 o'clock in the morning here in the hemisphere that we're currently in. Theologically, Holmes, it tells me that someone designed all of this and that designer is magnificent. Watson, so proud of his response, turns to Holmes and says, Holmes, what does it tell you? To which Holmes responds, Watson, you fool, someone stole our tent. (laughs) Sometimes, sometimes we can miss the obvious, can't we? Sometimes we can miss the point of it all. We can sometimes be so focused on what we're hearing and so focused on what we know that we're missing the point of all of it to begin with. And that's what we're going to study a little bit this morning when we turn to the book of James. So if you have your Bibles with you this morning, we're going to ask ourselves this question, am I missing the point? Am I missing the obvious? James chapter 1, we're going to read in verses 19 through 27. James chapter 1, 
verses 19 through 27. It reads there like this. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves, and their religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. If you've been with us these last couple of weeks, we've been walking through this book of James, and we started out in chapter 1 as James, who writes this very practical book to believers who are scattered all over the region, and he writes this practical book on how to put your faith to work every day, how to make your faith real in your life. And he gives us a couple of things that identify a believer, something that will be seen in the life of a believer when they put their trust in Jesus and actually live out their faith. If you remember a couple of weeks ago, Pastor Brian started, to, started this chapter by telling us that you can tell a lot about a believer by their response to temptation. You can also tell a lot about a believer by their response to trials. And so here is James saying that you will know someone has strong faith. You will know if someone's faith is in the right place by the way they respond to trials, by the way they respond to temptations. And here we come to the end of this chapter, and he says, you will know a believer by the way he or she responds to the truth. And so this morning, as we come to this very, very important passage of Scripture, James gives us this amazing instruction. He tells us like this, that people who think they are religious, and we know those people, sometimes we are those people, who think we're religious, but don't necessarily do what we hear when there's a disconnect between what we hear and what we do. We practice a worthless religion, is what James calls it. He says like this, do not deceive yourselves. Here's another way of looking at that phrase, do not deceive yourselves. Do not miss the point. Just as Watson missed the obvious, missed the point, James is saying don't deceive yourselves. Don't fool yourselves into believing that just by hearing a bunch of good things, you somehow separate yourselves, or you somehow make yourselves better. It's only when we do those things that we actually do what God has asked us to do. So I ask you this question this morning, especially to those of us who come here regularly or hear the gospel through podcasts or sermons or YouTube or wherever you're finding the gospel of Jesus. Maybe it's you are reading tons of books or hearing a favorite speaker of yours and you are filling your hearts and your heads with knowledge and with so much information. And by the way, that's fantastic. You should keep doing that. But if you find yourself somewhere in life not necessarily doing what you're hearing, today James has a message for you, and that is that you might be practicing 
a worthless religion. You might be deceiving yourselves this morning. You may be missing the obvious. So I ask you today, why does that happen? I try to think back on how many messages I've heard, how many sermons, how many times I've heard the gospel presented to me, and how many times I heard it and almost immediately forgot what I heard or almost immediately did not apply what I heard because of some other reason that came into my mind. If you think about it even right now, and no one needs to admit this or raise their hand to this, right now some of you are not paying attention. I'm a teacher by trade, and this is a reality I live with every day. (laughs) It's something that I'm not fooling myself about. I'm not deceiving myself about this. I know my students don't always pay attention. Sometimes it's how often they look down at their phones or how often they yawn in the middle of a lecture or how often they're not writing notes or they're doodling in a notebook or paying attention to something else. Just this past week, there was a fly in my classroom, a fly in my classroom. And the students paid more attention to that fly for about an hour and 15 minutes than they ever have to me. What is it about gathering together and hearing someone speak that makes us quickly forget what we just heard? I want to share with you three three quick reasons why I believe we come here, we hear the word of God, we hear the gospel, or we hear the gospel presented in some fashion, and we don't practice what we just heard. Three quick reasons. Number one, I think a lot of times we just get distracted. We are easily distracted. I think about how often my wife asks me to go to the grocery store to pick up something. And I don't know if any of you are in the same boat with me on this. She'll say, can you go to the store and just pick up some eggs? And in my heart, I'm thinking, eggs, so easy. I'll remember eggs. I don't need to write this down. And so I'll run to Stop and Shop or Market Basket. I'll run into the store. And what happens when you walk into the store? Because the entire time I'm saying eggs, 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 I walk into the store and immediately look to my right and find out that the royal family did something. Or I'll find out that Elvis is still alive on the other side. And I will get distracted. I'll walk through the store and I'll suddenly think eggs, eggs, eggs and look to my right and, wow, batteries are on sale today. Before you know it, I go home with a pack of Twizzlers, some 9-volt batteries and a pack of baseball cards and I go home and I walk into the house and I say, I'm back and I completely forgot why I left to begin with because I didn't bring the eggs home that day. Think about this for a second. What happened to me? I heard something, I got distracted and I did not do what I had heard. And James is saying for so many of us, this is what happens. We come here on a Sunday or we hear the gospel presented to us or we hear something that challenges us and rather than doing it, the world just distracts us. Here's the thing that happens to what we hear on Sundays. Monday happens and Tuesday happens and work happens and school happens and family happens and issues happen. And before you know it, we come back here the following Sunday, and if someone were to honestly ask you, what did you hear this past Sunday, you'd probably forget because you got distracted at some point during the week. Here's what James says is the remedy to that, and it's going to be the remedy to all three reasons why we don't do what we hear. James says like this in verse 26. I'm sorry, verse 25. Whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. He asks us to look intently into what we've heard and continue in it. 
One of the hardest things for us to possibly do is to come here on a Sunday and hear the word of God preached and challenge our hearts and then to figure out a way for the rest of the week to bring that back into our lives. How do I make what I hear here reality in my life out there? How do I do what I've just heard here? And James says you've got to look intently into this every single day. You've got to look intently into this and continue in it. Continue in it. Practice it regularly. I think about becoming a Little League coach for the first time this past year and remembering the first day we came into practice with a bunch of five- and six-year-olds and telling them, let's go play baseball now. If you've ever seen five- or six-year-olds play baseball without knowing what baseball really is, it's pretty, pretty amusing. You'll tell them something as simple as, go have a catch with each other. And what they'll do is they'll take their gloves and throw them at each other. Because to them, there's no foundation. There's no grasp of what you're supposed to do. So step by step, you have to tell them what to do. Pick up the ball. Step and throw the ball. Step and throw the ball. And by the end of the season, you'll watch these kids who at first didn't even know what to do, suddenly stepping and throwing the ball, putting the bat back when they bat, thinking about how they hold their glove when they're catching a ball. All of these things happen. Why? Over time, it was repeated. Over time, it became a practice in their lives. And James says, if you want to break distraction in your lives, you've got to look intently into the word of God and continue in it. He also thinks, it also brings up a second reason why so many of us struggle with what we hear and making it practice in our lives every day. And that reason is because oftentimes, we forget what we heard. Think about that for a second. Think about what we heard last week, or the week before, or the week before that. How many of us can even remember the topic that we heard about? (laughs) Thank you, Pastor Brian. (laughs) And let's be honest, it's presented wonderfully week after week, and yet it can be so hard to remember what we just heard because it's not continued week after week. Here's what forgetting can sometimes look like. I know that when I teach in my classroom, I get that look, that glazed look, the look that none of you have right now. That look, (laughs) that look I often get. And that look is the look of, I am going to forget whatever you say right now. I'm going to forget it. I remember a couple of semesters ago, I used to give a, a pop quiz. I was one of those teachers. I used to give a surprise test in class. And I'm dealing with 18 to 24-year-olds. These are, and by the way, I teach 18 to 24-year-olds during the day and 5 to 6-year-olds by night. And I'll tell you, there is one group that is more mature than the other. I don't want to tell you which one, but it's not the one I teach in the morning. So in 18 to 24-year-olds, you're dealing with them and you're telling them, hey, look, we're going to have a pop quiz. I won't tell them we're going to have a pop quiz. And we, I give them this quiz to see if they've been reading. And sure enough that those semesters I gave those quizzes, uh, it was a zero. No one passed. It was 100% failure. No one got a single question right. Why? Because the idea was he is not going to test us on this, so there's no reason to remember it. That was the idea in their heads. So a following semester, I decided, look, I'm going to tell them that a quiz is coming. I told them in class, hey, guys, I want you to read this section of the book by tonight. Come back tomorrow, and we're going to have a quiz to make sure that that, that you did well in this. Half still failed. 50% still got it completely wrong. And you ask them, what happened? I told you there was going to be a quiz. And their response is, I forgot. I forgot. This is what we often do when it comes to the word of God and what we hear on a Sunday or any day of our weeks. We hear it and we forget it because we don't think it's necessary to remember. 
And James tells us again, the response to that is to look intently into the word of God and continue in it. There are studies that are done even over at Boston University. We do studies constantly on how people respond to specific messages. So we'll study people who watch a campaign ad for a politician, or we'll study their eye movements. What part of the ad are they looking at, or the commercial are they looking at? What part of the show or the movie are they looking at? What part of the print advertisement are they looking at? We'll study uh, what's called galvanic testing. We'll study their, their fingers, and we'll see how much perspiration is building up, or how their fingers are moving based off of the sensitivity to something that they're seeing. We study this stuff all the time, and one of the things we study is recall. What percentage of what you heard do you remember? And it's pretty depressing when you hear the numbers, that if a speaker, let's say, speaks for roughly 35 minutes on a given morning to you, what percentage of it do you think you remember after that speaker is done? The studies show us that one minute after I sit down, you are likely to remember about 10% of what I just said. So 90% is forgotten within the first minute of what I just said. And one hour later, about 5% is remembered. One day later, about 1% is remembered. And one week later, you're lucky if the person can remember anything that you said. Recall or remembering what you heard is such an important part of our daily walk with Christ. Because what we hear here is not just about hearing it here. It's meant to be lived out there. And because of that reason, God asks us, James tells us, look intently into the word of God and continue in it. Continue in it. Abide in the word of God. Read it regularly. Examine yourself in it regularly. James uses an illustration in this passage of scripture. He says, the person who hears the word of God and doesn't do it is like a person who looks in a mirror and turns around and immediately forgets what he or she looked like. It's a pretty powerful analogy to use. He says it's almost, it's, it's a pointless exercise. You looked and you forgot. You looked and turned away and forgot what you looked like. It's like looking in a mirror, and some of us have had this happen before, and seeing a giant chocolate stain on your face or something in your teeth or really bad hair. Looking in a mirror, seeing that, turning around and not doing anything about it. James said, was, says when we hear the word of God and not do it, it's like a person who sees what they should be doing and never does anything about it. The mirror is something that James asks us to look into every day and to find out, are we doing what we said we would do? Are we doing what God is asking us to do? Here's the big problem. Here's the big question. Is there a disconnect between what you hear here what you know, and what you're doing. And the truth is, for all of us, that exists. For all of us, there's a place in our lives where we are told, hey, live your life this way, or God wants you to act it out this way, or behave this way. Or you hear that salvation only comes through Jesus, or that, that you need the Holy Spirit to live every single day. But then when you walk out of here, it's quickly forgotten, or we get distracted, and there is a huge disconnect between what's here and what's lived out in our lives every single day. This is why James says, look intently into the word of God and continue in it. So sometimes we get distracted, sometimes we forget, and let's be honest, there's a third reason. Sometimes we simply ignore what we've heard. Sometimes we simply ignore what we've heard. 
I can't tell you how many times I have found myself, and I'm embarrassed to admit this, found myself sitting on my couch watching a television show or program, a documentary about weight loss or a workout program on television or something about how you should eat healthy and looked down and found an empty pizza box and a bowl of ice cream in my hand while I'm watching the show. And the more they tell me you need to eat healthy, the more I find myself nodding along with them and saying, yeah, that's right, you really should. You really, really should as I keep eating. Here's what happens when we often come into the presence of God is that we pick and choose the things we want to hear and we choose to sometimes ignore what we don't really want to hear. James says that if you want to put your faith to work, you've got to be able to apply what you hear. I love the way that uh, Alistair Begg, one of my favorite preachers, puts it. Alistair Begg puts it like this. He says, it is possible to be charmed by the Bible being taught without being changed by the Bible being taught. I want you to think about this for a second. Especially in a society and a culture that we live in today, where the access to information is everywhere, where I can look up anything at any moment about any topic and gain knowledge quickly. The the desire, the thirst to just hear things and to hear as much as I can. Just when I'm walking down the street, I'm listening to to maybe the gospel or another message. I'm driving and I'm listening. I'm talking to my friends and hearing and learning. I'm coming here on a Sunday. I'm hearing and learning. And for many of us, it's simply to be charmed by what we hear. That I love listening to this preacher because he excites me or she gets me really thrilled when I read her books. And we can have this tendency to fall into this trap of being charmed by what we hear and not actually changed by what we hear. And how does that happen? It's because somewhere deep down, as James says, we are ignoring what we hear because we simply want to be entertained by what we hear. This gospel is meant to be the mirror that you look at every single day. I want you to think about this for a second. James uses the analogy of a mirror, but he's telling you that if what you hear and what you do don't line up, if they don't match up, then there's another mirror that you should be holding up to your face every single day, and that's this mirror right here. Because your life should be reflected here, and this should be reflected on your life. This is the mirror that we are called to hold up every single day. And how can I do that unless I read it and I look intently in it and I continue in it? It reminds me of a a story of a woman who heard a preacher preaching one Sunday, went to the back at the end of the service and told him, Pastor, you did an incredible job today. This sermon was outstanding. This sermon had so much that applies to other people I know. This is what we do. This is what we do. We hear what we want to hear, and we ignore what we don't want to hear, the parts that challenge us, the parts that that really get us thinking, the parts that may be uncomfortable. We ignore those sometimes. Why? Because we don't want that part of Jesus. We don't want that part of the gospel. But if you hold up a mirror to yourself, you're going to see everything. You're going to see everything you're meant to see and everything you're meant to hear. James says, look intently into the gospel. Look intently into the perfect law and continue in it. I think one of the things that we need to now understand is if we're going to put James chapter 1 into practice, 
Remember again how James chapter 1 is laid out. It's laid out like this, that you will know a believer by their response to trials, by their response to temptations, and by their response to truth. I believe there are parts of our lives this week itself that we can start to test. Is the gospel real in my life? Is it coming out? Or is it just something I'm hearing to be entertained or hearing to be charmed by? Let's talk about three quick areas where you can find if the gospel is more than just something you hear, but it's something that you actually do. James talks about it in verse 27, verse 26 and 27. He says, those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves and their religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. There's going to be an outward expression, an externality of what we have heard, of what we've put inside of our hearts. There's going to be something we live out. And James says one of the first areas you will see this is in your speech, in what you say. My speech will be one of the first tests of if this has gone from something I hear into something that I do. He says that you will keep a tight rein on your tongue. He says that the person who believes in God will be slow to anger. They'll be quick to listen and slow to speak. That my speech will show others that this is not just something I hear. It's something that I believe, something that I practice, something that I do, something that I am. It will come out in my speech. He gives us a second place where you'll see it. He says, it's not only in my speech, but you'll also see it in my service. You'll see it in my service. I love what Jason said earlier today. He said like this, that we are going into these places and we are serving those who need to be served. Why? Because if a person in Indonesia or a person who did not know Jesus saw what he was doing, they would believe that there was a connection between what he believes or what he says he believes and what he does. There has to be a connection there. And and James says it like this, that true religion or pure religion that is faultless, that God our Father accepts, is is this, to look after widows and orphans. By no means is that an exhaustive list. It's just part of this big idea that we don't do good things because they save us. You've heard that many times while we've been here. Good works can't save us. But good works are an, external, are an external sign of an inward faith, of an inward belief that God is real, and if he is real, I will love the people that he created. There is an external to the internal, that my service will show people that God is real. And finally, he says like this, that you will know, you will know that a person believes what they hear and acts on it when religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is those to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. So it's my speech, my service, and my separation. This is a tough one. But every week, we are called to be unique to stand out, to be different. If you come here on a Sunday, if I come here on a Sunday and I hear these amazing words and I follow after this and I claim to believe this, but then I walk out of here and I'm the exact same person as everyone else, then something probably does not add up. It does not fit if that's the case. 
James says that you will know a believer by these three signs, their speech, their service, and their separation, that they are different, that they're unique, that we are not meant to walk into the world and suddenly become like everyone else. We are meant to walk into the world and shine brighter than everyone else, to show that there is a real God who really loves them, who really sent his son to die for them. There is reality to all of this, and I am a witness to this. I am a testimony to all of this. This is why our separation is so important. I'm not talking about going off on a hill somewhere and secluding yourself from all of society. In fact, I'm saying the opposite, that we are called to enter into society and be Jesus to many people, to be the love of God to many people. And that way we are are living out our faith every day, that we're not just showing up here and hearing some great words and walking out unchanged and not changing the world around us. This is what Christ calls us to, to live a life where our speech, our service, and our separation show that Jesus is real. The point of it all is simple, my friends. The point of it all is this, that there is a mirror in front of us every day. And it's not made out of glass. It's made out of this. This word is what we hold up every day. And if my life does not reflect this, and if this does not reflect my life, then there's something disconnected and broken somewhere along the way. I'm going to invite our worship team to come back up as we close out our service this morning. I want to ask this question with the hope that you can answer it honestly in your heart. Is there a place in your life where what you've heard from God or heard about God does not match up with how you live your life? Maybe that's something that happens in private or maybe that happens in secret. Maybe it's something about the way that you carry yourself at work. Maybe it's in the way you speak. Maybe it's in anger. Maybe it's the fact that you know you should be giving more of your time and more of your resources and your energy into serving people who are vulnerable, who need that help, and you're simply not doing it. Maybe it's in the fact that every day you go to work or school and you're just like everyone else. And there is no uniqueness. There is no difference. That Jesus is this thing you do between 9 and 10 o'clock on a Sunday morning and every other day of the week, I just live life. I ask you this morning, and if you want to feel comfortable, if you will feel comfortable bowing your head or closing your eyes this morning, I ask you today, where in your life is there a disconnect between what you hear and what you do? James puts it bluntly. If you want to be blessed, he says, if you want to be blessed, you will look intently into the perfect law and continue in it. Not forgetting it, not being distracted by it, not ignoring it, but being changed by it, being transformed by it, and then going out and transforming others by it. Where is the disconnect in your life this morning? Let's be honest, it's going to be easy to walk out of here in about three to five minutes and forget everything that you heard. It's going to be easy to walk out of here and think about football, think about lunch, think about family and friends and events that are taking place later and forget it for the rest of this week. If you've been with us for any amount of time, you know there's a statement that Pastor Brian says at the end of every service. And if you think about it, you probably remember it right now. You're probably thinking about those words right now. There's a reason why he's so intentional about repeating those words every single week. You know the words I'm talking about. 
they'll say something to the effect of, we gather to, grow, we gather to learn about God and grow in our love for him and for others. Right? We hear that regularly. We gather to learn about God and grow in our love for him and others. But he doesn't stop there, does he? He'll say this next sentence, which is probably the most important at the end of every Sunday. He'll say, now go and live lives that honor him or that live out our beliefs. Now go and live lives. This is what James is telling us this morning. It's not enough to just hear the word of God. We've got to now go live it out every day. And if you find yourself this morning saying, God, there is a place in my life where what I hear and what I do are completely broken and disconnected, then this morning there's an opportunity to come back to God and to say, God, I confess this is where it happens. This is where my relationship with you is broken today. Before we enter into a time of worship and close out our service this morning, please allow me to pray for all of us. If you find yourself walking out of here disconnected from this scripture that you hear, the gospel that you hear, I encourage you, find ways to get connected back to it. For some of you, that's going to be taking notes uh, when you're here on a Sunday morning. For some of you, it's going to be putting in a calendar reminder throughout the week to apply what you heard. But don't walk out of here unchanged in the way you live after what you hear. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning and we recognize, God, that we are broken many times because we're disconnected from the ultimate source of all that is good and right in our lives, and that is you. God, we know there are so many ways in our lives where we hear what you say, but we simply don't practice what you've told us. And I pray in every one of those areas you would bring us healing this morning. We would not just hear what you say, but we would apply it and do what you want us to do every single day. That we would not just be hearers, but doers. Help us, God, to go out and live lives that reflect you every single day. Thank you, thank you, because you gave us this word and planted it in our hearts. And thank you, God, because you love us and you've given us a call, a great mission to go out and live that every single day. Help us to do that now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, thanks again for listening to the podcast from Mount Hope's Belmont location. At Mount Hope, we gather in Belmont every Sunday at 9 a.m. and 1045 a.m. and in Burlington at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. Each week that we gather, we do so to learn more about God, grow in our love of Him and others, and then we go to live lives driven by faith. If you live in the Burlington or Belmont, Massachusetts areas, we'd love for you to join us on a Sunday. You can learn more about us by visiting our website at mounthope.org, M-O-U-N-T-H-O-P-E dot O-R-G, or follow us on Twitter or Instagram at M-T Hope Belmont. Thanks again for joining us, and we look forward to having you listen again next week.